piece of music in this week's episode, which we're listening to in the background, is called Poetic Love Letter. It's part of an album that I'm releasing this week called Softly Boldly with a Piano, and it's all cinematic orchestral music with a piano at the heart of it all. It's the type of stuff you might hear in British period TV dramas like The Crown or Downton Abbey. You're listening to How I Make Music, where behind-the-scenes musicians tell their own stories. Every Wednesday, we break apart a song, a soundtrack, or a composition and investigate the insights into how it was made. My name is John Bartman. I'm a music composer from South Africa, and this is How I Make Music. Welcome back to How I Make Music, episode 54, Poetic Love Letter. Before we get started, just a reminder, uh, what I mentioned last week is that the show is currently transitioning away from me as the central focus and really opening up to uh, other composers being able to submit their work and self-host a future episode of the show. If this sounds like something you might be interested or someone you know might be interested in, composer friend, get them to get in touch with me. Um, by following the link in the show notes, I would love to hear your own musical stories. So often uh, musicians are relegated to the behind the scenes role. And uh, what I'm trying to do going forward is to really champion the underdogs of soundtrack music, particularly in audio drama and film and video. I really want to shine a spotlight onto the untold stories uh, behind some of this beautifully, wonderfully complex music that we hear today. So get in touch if you're interested in telling your own story on how I make music in the future. Follow the link in the show notes to a place where you can find out more. I would love to help you and your behind-the-scenes stories, your untold stories, reach a slightly bigger audience. Right, on with the show. Episode 54, Poetic Love Letter. It's a sweet and classically inspired piece which centers on the piano... some strings and a woodwind section. So let's go a little bit deeper than that, asking the question, why does this music conjure up images of the past, of period dramas and historical storytelling? Well, I believe the answer is the choice of instrumentation. Instrumentation is key to achieving this historical sound or or any sound rooted in a chosen imaginary world. For example, fantasy, you might have um, the flute sounds of a race of centaurs. In science fiction, you might have the machine sounds of technology that hasn't been invented yet. But with history, we're a bit more limited. We can't easily include... uh, the obvious use of instruments that weren't invented at the time, so we have the benefit of hindsight. So as composers, we have to find ways around the use of synthesizers and drum kits in order to bring life to the music by imitating the sounds of the previous era. So that answers one of the questions, why does it sound like the past? The answer is the choice of instrumentation. 
Another way you can make music sound like the past is to employ musical tropes. Musical tropes are standard patterns. In jazz, they might be called licks. Um, and Baroque music and early early stuff was very much centered on the repetition of these well-established norms. There's a moment in this piece when I employ one of these tricks. Um, it's a type of broken arpeggio, a descending arpeggio played on the piano. Let's give it a listen on its own. You might recognize that rhythm from Bach's Badinerie. And even if you're not a fan of classical music, you might remember it from the 90s and Nokia phones. So there's a little tip for your next pub quiz challenge. The name of that piece is Badinerie by J.S. Bach. To answer the question, why does it sound like the past? Well, firstly, your choice of instrumentation, and secondly, musical tropes rooted in history. Let's move on. When writing classical music, what can go wrong? Well, I'm not sure because I'm not a schooled classical composer, but this type of classically inspired music is more theoretically complex than, for example, drone music or ambient music. I just released an album of 100 ambient drones and uh, it's certainly not, uh, didn't take the amount of time that these 10 tracks took to make. So the point is classical music is generally more uh, complex harmonically than sound design. Not necessarily better, just more complex uh, with all of the pros and cons that it entails. So to illustrate this, I'd like to just walk through parts of the arrangement of this piece, starting with the very end of the introductory piano with the introduction of the woodwinds. So this is the statement of the initial theme and we've got this really low contrabassoon going in the background. And the whole passage, only eight bars and then the oboe. theme with the introduction of the strings. And we're off. Suddenly we're on horseback racing across the countryside to deliver an urgent last minute love letter before the wedding. And let's skip forward a few bars to the next section where we break from the main theme and enter into a, a counter movement. tension and suspense, ending with a lovely break. And we return back to the main theme. So it's a simple example, but I'm using the constant forward progression of this arrangement to illustrate that variation is what retains our attention throughout music. And this is true universally, I believe, for all types of music. So to answer the question, when writing classical music, what can go wrong? I feel that one of the biggest things that can go wrong is oversimplification and tediousness. Um, the inability to capture nuance and subtlety. Um, for example, there might be an eight-bar passage that you already know is just going to repeat once it's finished. But there should always be a way to bring something new to it. 
the second time around. That's where I'm heading with this. What makes music like this sound natural? Well, the easy answer is your software libraries, the instruments that you're working with. Uh, the more professionally they're recorded, the more naturally natural they're going to sound. But another point is that uh, unlike bands or chamber music ensembles, orchestras are made up of lots of people, so the margin for error is a lot higher. This means that on average an orchestral recording contains a lot more imperfection, but it's distributed and hidden among more people. So even though we generally record, quote-unquote, uh, orchestral music on computers these days, as I do in this piece, I feel it's important to preserve the tendency towards imperfection in the recording. In my experience, this is the key to the music sounding natural, is to preserve some of these mistakes. Here's an example of what I mean. Here are the strings on their own, the cellos and the violins. Listen to the cellos and how some of the notes seem to be missing or poorly timed. Here we go. One more time, just with that brief, quote-unquote, problematic area. So I intended that to be a straight uh, sort of staccato, dun 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 dun, a much more regular rhythm, and because of you know poor velocity editing or uh, whatever the reason was, uh, some of the notes appear to dip out. Now this is exactly the type of organic um, progression that we're looking for in composition. We want things to not be too predictable, particularly when working with computers. So I left it in, and I will be very surprised if that takes that small moment takes away from the experience uh, for any of the listeners. Take home here, preserve your imperfections, preserve your mistakes, um, or tastefully preserve some of your mistakes. That's a better way to put it. This is the key to it sounding natural. Well, that's about all I have for you today on this week's episode. I wanted to just end off with a quick story and a thank you. This piece that we heard today, a poetic love letter, and a few pieces which are going to follow in subsequent episodes, they all form part of an album which I'm releasing this week called Softly, Boldly with a Piano. And the story behind that is that, wait, to tell the story properly, I'm going to put some woodwinds on in the background, just because we haven't really talked much about the woodwinds today. So, um, about 15 years of music production uh, throughout my life was taken up failing as a dance musician. We made uh, dance music, but given that dance music is so oversaturated, um, I felt that I needed to do something a bit deeper and a bit more uh, musical, in my opinion. So uh, Softly Boldly with a Piano is actually the culmination of quite a long period of work, and it's something that I needed to do. I was finally, I wanted to finally write something classical and orchestral, um, as I mentioned, all tracks on the album began as solo piano pieces, but what I found was that after a year of publishing music uh, on my website for podcasters and YouTubers to download, usually for just a couple of bucks, I'd actually accumulated enough to be able to afford new software instruments. So this is really a thank you to anyone who has supported me um, by purchasing my music or licensing it for their video or anything like that podcast. Because of you, I was able to afford the Native Instruments Symphony Essentials package. It's not the top of the range, but it is definitely, definitely a step forward for me. I've been craving this 
time of my life for so long. Um, and, and now I'm going forward writing generously um, deep music and music that really kind of expresses more of an artistic side. Um, so it's been a dream come truth. Thank you. Finally, having access to these orchestral sounds, I can't thank you enough for helping me make that happen. I feel the future of what happens going forward belongs in part to the supporters of my work and, my, and this show. And uh, I consider it my mission to continue providing good music for the audio drama community and video makers. Uh, and thank you once again to anyone who supported me by downloading my music. Well, that's about it for this week's episode of How I Make Music, Poetic Love Letter. You're able to download the music from this episode, Poetic Love Letter, from my website, johnbartman.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com. If you're a fan of the show, find it wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, whatever, and uh, share it with a friend. I'd love to uh, recruit some new listeners to the cause. Even if you're not a musician, you're just looking for some nice, new, gentle music to listen to, go check out the new album released this week, Softly, Boldly, With a Piano, by me, John Bartman. I'd uh, love it if you gave it a spin on Spotify or Apple Music. And finally, if you've got a musician or composer friend who has a story to tell, I am opening up this podcast to guest submissions. Not dialogues with composers and not conversations, but actually composers actually self-hosting the show in the same way that I do, allowing themselves to have that creative freedom to express what's important to them uh, and not necessarily focus on their biggest or most popular tracks. We want to go behind the scenes of all of these brave underdogs who are helping create our culture. If you have someone who fits that bill um, and think deserves a bit of recognition, put them on to me, click the link. There's a link in the show notes which will take you to a place where there's more information I'd love to get some submissions from composers who are interested in doing exactly what I do every week uh, by self-hosting one of these episodes of How I Make Music. Thanks very much for joining once again. I'll catch you next Wednesday. And here is Poetic Love Letter, a very gentle and uh, historically inspired um, piece of orchestral music in its entirety. Big love. Keep finishing your projects, guys. I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye for now. <laughs>